1: Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our national college football writer at SportingNews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92. You can follow me at Bill Trocci. Keep an eye on the main Sporting News account at Sporting News. And, Bill, welcome back. We are doing a, a, an evening podcast here on uh, January 24th, the day a Michigan coach left for another coaching job for the first time in history. How about that?
2: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, whoever came up with that nugget, that's that's a good one. Me. Um,
1: I came up with it, Bill. Right here. Did you,
2: did you look up like Fielding Yost? Or <laughs> you, you went all the way back to those guys?
1: I mean, uh, uh, the Frit, what is it, Chris Chrysler Chrysler. Uh, you you know, might want to check days.
2: that one because I think one of them. Yeah, no, you're probably that's probably true. Um, I went
1: way back. So, yes, Jim Harbaugh has taken a job with the Los Angeles Chargers. He is going back to the NFL. He is taking another job. He's leaving the national champions. Big day. Uh, all of the offseason news just continues to cascade down here in January after a very mild coaching carousel in December where we were trying to pump up Duke's Mike Elko going to Texas A&M as the headliner. That's the headliner no more. So um, just initial thoughts on Harbaugh taking the job with the Chargers.
2: not unexpected I think you know we didn't draw on this line for a couple weeks now and we had talked about when he hired Don Yee as his agent that this was probably somewhat in motion you know given that everything that happened at Michigan I think it's a combination of things I think Jim Harbaugh you know obviously it it leaves a void for Michigan and leaves a void for college football but he's a hell of a NFL coach, and we, we sketched at some of that at Sporting News. You know, what does that mean for the Chargers? It means they're getting a guy that was a has a top five winning percentage over four seasons in the NFL. I think he just couldn't – it's got to be one of those things where I think he leaves Michigan. He fulfilled the promise. He did all those things. I don't think if, – if you're a Michigan person and you're mad at Harbaugh, you're out of your mind, first of all and then he just couldn't get the super bowl chase out of his system. You know, he's always talked about that being the highest level and and winning at the highest level and the challenge at the highest level and you know, I always use that line that he was better for college football than the NFL, but a better fit in the NFL than college football and I still think that's true.
1: Interesting. So, yes, of course we're going to we're going to focus on Michigan. I do want to do a quick Trochi trivia Uh, for you before we we continue. Uh, Washington and Michigan are set to play next October. Uh, When's the last time we've had a rematch of the national championship game the following season? So that is your Trochi trivia. Think about that, and we can uh, get back to it at the end of the show. When's the last time we had a rematch the following regular season uh, of the national championship game? So back to Michigan, back to Harbaugh, Huge day. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. So, you know, Harbaugh's legacy. That's what I want to talk about a little bit. You know, he comes in and ruffles feathers and he was in the headlines all the time. I remember I was at uh, rivals at the time, uh, Yahoo, and just everything he did was, was traffic and, 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 and just, you know, the, the satellite camps and all this, and he's bending the rules. Is he not bending the rules? He's ruffling feathers. And all this stuff, trying to get Michigan back. Michigan was in the high, in the headlines all the time because they'd been down for a while, right? And he needed to get them back some attention. He finally did. Struggled a little bit. Uh, then you know, this last three years has been totally dominant. But he leaves with some NCAA sanctions, level one sanctions potentially coming down. They've been uh, you know, notice of allegations, uh, and so you know, leaves a little bit of a mess behind. But as you said, fulfilled the promise of winning that national championship. What's his legacy, not from a Michigan fans perspective necessarily, but from a college football uh is does it feel like Pete Carroll to you?
2: No. I and again, like I don't look at those infractions the same way as what Pete Carroll left at USC. And I've been pretty vocal about like the in-person sign stealing scandal just doesn't do it for me. And they've been punished for it as far as I'm concerned. He was punished for two of the biggest games of the year. And we all saw with our own eyes while he was punished, Michigan beat Penn state, Ohio state, Iowa, Alabama, Washington. So if like you still have questions about the validity of that, I I would say you're kind of whining at a a certain point (laughs) that we saw what we saw. Um, I wanted to go back to the first part, though. When he came to Michigan, they it's important to remember that that program was down and out. Brady Hoke, his final season, there was an incident where Shane Morris like reentered the game with a concussion. The big house was empty. They lost to Maryland and Rutgers. They were just bad and down and, and just so downtrodden from the time Appalachian State beat them until Harbaugh arrived, really it was this dark eight-year period in the program's history. And then he comes in with the satellite camps. I actually went to one in Warren. Yeah, the camps were harmless. They were Michigan coaches doing drills with players. And and I think it's important to remember how far behind the Ohio State machine they were when he arrived. They were. I mean, it was 0-5. And the 2016 game was great. But he immediately brought excitement to the program. It took some time to get the players he wanted. Uh, the last three years, they were dominant. And yes, the sign stealing, in person scan—the the first one, the the recruiting during COVID—I I absolutely don't care about. I, I really don't. I mean, they may get punished for that, but
1: our Michigan fans are gonna be loving hearing you say and you say all these things.
2: Well, no, like <laughs> I'm just saying, I could care less about that because. A lot of people were making it up. I, this entire country was making it up as they were going, as we went in 2020. So I, I just don't care about that one. The in-person sign stealing and, and scouting scandal, yeah, they're going to get punished probably a little bit more for that, maybe. I mean, Connor Stallions, it's wrong to have him, if that was him, on the Central Michigan sideline. And if they get punished for that more, so be it. Um, but it doesn't taint the national title to me. It doesn't taint the success from the last three years. I think they built a roster that was – unbelievable with the way he got back to doing the things the way he was going to do them. So, I mean, as far as his legacy as a college football coach, it's, he delivered, came back to his alma mater, brought him up, won the program's first national championship since 1997. And if you're faulting him for leaving, I mean, the NCAA is just a completely different environment now. And it's not the one that Jim Harbaugh, when he came, I think the NFL is a lot more similar to what he left in the NFL than what college football he is leaving when he arrived. True,
1: true, true. But do you think – so Michigan fans are on a high. They won a national championship. They seem, by and large, to have just accepted that he was going to take an NFL job this year. He was going to get an offer, and he was going to take it. I think there was a certain segment of Michigan's – Fan base that was getting annoyed with Harbaugh's flirtation with the NFL every year. And he would come back. And what if he had taken an NFL job before he won the national championship? Clearly, he would not be thought of in the same way uh, as he would be uh, now, right? but um would he still have favored son status with, with michigan people did they still appreciate even let's say he took the job last year and the job was they beat ohio state so that checked a big box but they never won the national championship would he still have had favored son you know favored son status or would people have been annoyed that he flirted and flirted and flirted and he finally just used michigan to get back to the nfl
2: I think they would have been annoyed. Sure. And there would be a a faction that would say that's wrong, but I would just argue back that, I mean, if he would have left after they lost to Georgia in the playoff, I would have been like, yeah, that's fine. You know, he got them back to playoff contender status. And at the time I thought, well, they're not going to beat these sec machines anyway. Now I remember you wrote
1: a column about that. There was still a gap that he, there was
2: like, it was a pretty substantial gap when they played. And some people might even argue right now that had they played Georgia this year, they would have lost. And that's a fair, I mean, again, we, we can do that argument all we (laughs) want, but they beat Alabama, Alabama beat Georgia, Michigan beat Alabama. That's how the playoff works. Um, But they, they did, they learned from the playoff mistakes. And I think, the constant flirtation with the NFL impacted recruiting somewhat and and the constant off the bizarre off seasons. That was two in a row that they had very bizarre off seasons. They fired an offensive coordinator. They just never, it seemed like they never capitalized on that momentum and yet they won the national title. So you can't really argue that either, but, but to maintain that you have to recruit four and five star kids. I still don't think they recruit at the level that, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama. And we'll see if Alabama does with Kalen. But Georgia and Ohio State, and and at this juncture, probably Texas. You know, those are the three schools that are recruiting top five classes every year. Michigan doesn't do that. They relied on development, playing old school football. They're gonna have 15 guys drafted this year. Um, so his system worked, and I saw a tweet today, and I can't remember who tweeted it, so I feel bad. Something to the effect of Jim and John are culture builders, you know. Baltimore's this what Baltimore's doing this year in the NFL isn't new. They're like the definition of like a steady winner in the NFL. I mean maybe they don't win Super Bowls, but they win consistently. Mm-hmm. And their organization's probably one of the most stable in the NFL. And Jim, on some level, did that at Michigan. Like he stabilized the culture. He he brought something there that they hadn't had since Shim Beckler and well, I would say since Lloyd Carr. But, yeah, and, and we'll see if the next guy can do it. That's the challenge because Ohio State certainly has responded this offseason.
1: So what do, what do you remember about Saban going to LSU, winning a national championship, and leaving for the NFL? I think LSU fans are a little disappointed in that. you agree?
2: Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's they they were more
1: mad than than I think Michigan fans are going to be with Harbaugh because they worshipped him and and he delivered, uh, and because it was his alma mater, I think that he gets uh, a a little bit more of a of a pass for leaving. Yeah, well, no, I think
2: Harbaugh to the NFL just makes sense. I mean, it it it's going to be great for the NFL. By the way, the AFC West. Is going to have, and I know this isn't an NFL podcast, but I do a little bit of NFL for us. Like you're going to have Andy Reid, Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton, and Antonio Pierce, who is a great fit for the Raiders, all in the same division. Those games are going to be combative. Jim Harbaugh is going to make somebody angry in that division. He he absolutely will. It's what he does. Um, (laughs) You know, they play the Ravens next year. That'll be fun. And you know, again, if there's going to be, and I think I've already talked about this on the podcast if I have a lasting memory of Jim Harbaugh and this family this coaching family it's going to be that look he that Jack gave him when he first saw him on the field and the scream he let out and I still can't get it out of my head and Jim ran up to him and hugged him and then John hugged him and it was just they're quirky they're goofy they they rub people the wrong way but um they're absolutely incredible coaches go incredible Jack you know, did good job with his sons. Um, they, they've both done a great job of coaching. Um, it leaves a hole in the college football world to me. I mean, Sabin and him both leaving, and we, we've talked about that as well. Where who's the, the best coach in college football? The face of college football right now is Kirby Smart, and it's hard to find a number two. You could argue, I put that question out there who is it? Who's number two? Yeah, somebody will say Dabo, somebody will say Ryan Day, somebody will say Mike Norvell. I mean, Sark. Two, Sark, I got that one on my feed <laughs> from Grant's goalie coach. He he responded tonight. Uh, <laughs> and I told him, Isaac uh, does a good job with goalies. Uh, but <laughs> I said, that's not a bad answer. So, um, you know, all these guys are, are definitely in the mix.
1: Yeah, I mean, what, what do we talk about? The, f- the first nine, I think I tweeted this out today, first nine college football playoffs. All 36 coaches returned to their job the following year. And this year we've had three out of the four coaches leave their jobs. Uh, So only one is returning That's Sark. So very interesting turnover at the top and all of them have happened in January, obviously since the season ended. So where does Michigan go from here? You've got a story at sportingnews.com with the list. Sharon Moore, offensive coordinator. Uh, Everybody thinks he's going to get the job. He was four and zero while Harbaugh served uh, his six-game suspension. Moore was officially the head coach for four of them. He went four and zero, beat Ohio State, beat Penn State, uh, two huge uh, wins. I thought he called a heck of a game uh, down the stretch against Alabama. Um, So you know, first of all, let's talk two things on the search. Number one, or three things. Number one. Do you, uh, we know the positives about Moore. Do you have any reservations about the 37-year-old taking over a program, never having been a head coach? Any negatives on on Sharon Moore? Do you think Lance Poll deserves at least an interview, a sit-down interview, and see what he's all about? And number three, how quickly do you think Michigan will turn this thing around?
2: I'll answer with number three first. So I'm reading Ward <laughs> Manuel's statement. We are working quickly you hire the next head coach for the program and we'll do everything possible to keep this current staff and team together. So that tells me right there that Sharon Moore will be the next coach by Friday, Saturday. What day is today? Wednesday. Um, by the weekend, I think, um, Lance Leopold deserves a call. I don't know if they'll do it. I just think they're going to try to maintain what they have with Sharon Moore, with the strength coach. Try to hold Jesse Minter. That's the one to watch because I think Jesse might be headed with Jim to Los Angeles because he also has an NFL background. And
1: that's what it looks like. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So there's I'm
1: reading the same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I think that's going to happen. So Sharon, that's a big step. And and another big step that, you know, that that can't be understated here, he would be Michigan's first African American coach. That's a big thing um, because. You know, Michigan's the all-time leader in wins. It, i That's not the reason why they would hire him, but I think it's another plus in the plus column. And I think Sharon has proved that on his own merit. You know, juggling being an offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, holding the team together during that three-game stretch, beating Penn State, call it not backing down from the whole Ohio State stage, which was huge. Now, can he do it 365 days a year? I think he can. And I think it's very similar to Ryan Day at Ohio State when they didn't really do a search. They just handed it to him. He's done fine. you know. So what will make this so interesting is Day, with all the pressure on Ohio State and all the moves they've made, and then Moore trying to hold together this Michigan thing that they built and, and continuing on, I think both programs are in good hands, but they're still in prove-it hands. I mean, you're going from – Ohio State went from urban – Urban with three national titles to Ryan day and and Michigan's going from Jim, the program Messiah to Sharon Moore. I mean, both of those guys will have something to prove going into next year's game.
1: This just thought just popped into my head. Ohio state had an offensive coordinator already before they brought in bill O'Brien. Michigan is now Michigan is now in the market for a new offensive coordinator. I bet they wish bill O'Brien was still available Uh, because Sharon, he's got to hire probably an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator. Again, something he's never done before. Uh, he'll have obviously final say so challenges for him right off the bat. Um, and you know, the transfer portals are going to open, uh, people are going to be knocking on these Michigan doors. And I wanted to go through a quick list with you, uh, who put this together. I thought it was interesting uh it was someone from 24 7 sports want to give him credit uh it was good it was a good story um boy it's a long story chris hummer oh our guy there you go so he said these are the six guys michigan has got to hold on to and i assume you're going to agree with these names uh donovan edwards Mm -hmm. tight end colston loveland defensive tackle mason graham uh defensive tackle kenneth grant And, of course, corner Will Johnson. All these guys are going to get hit up, tampering or no tampering, over the next 30 days. Uh, Any of those six you feel would be tempted to leave? I think
2: they will all be tempted, but I think if they hire Sharon Moore, none of them will leave. I don't think they'll be – they'll have a couple guys leave. That happens. But Michigan – Said,
1: You're losing Minter for the defensive guys, which might make it maybe. a little, little more little, little more nervous there, yeah.
2: Right. But I don't I don't think Donovan Edwards is going anywhere. Um maybe one or two of those defense. I just don't that again, it's the culture thing. And I and I hate that word. And Jim Parball <laughs> never uses that word. So maybe it's just like what they built there in Ann Arbor, I think those guys are Michigan guys and they're going to stay and maybe one or two of them leave. But out of that core, I mean, that's the core of a pretty decent team. I mean, like we talked about in the last podcast, the quarterback positions, what interests me is what they're going to do there. Um, is it Alex Orgy? Is it Jaden Davis? Is it an answer in the transfer portal? Uh The offensive line loses a lot, but Sharon Moore's work as an offensive line coach it is very admirable two-time Joe moore award winner nick baumgartner at the athletic tweeted something today that was very interesting to me and telling is he's wondering who jim harbaugh is going to get to coach his offensive line with the chargers because sharon has done such a nice job that's something to watch for the nfl guys and nick uh you know not only a great writer but he knows offensive line and you know he he does a really good job with that and i always ask you i've not always but I've asked him questions about that before and he always knows what he's doing um so yeah I, I think they know I, I just don't think they'll lose a lot of
1: guys yeah, yeah I feel like the, the Michigan Collective has got its act together right and they have brought guys back uh, that they've needed to to bring back I don't I feel like correct me if I'm wrong they haven't really lost guys because they got quote unquote outbid or the the, the upper uh, I mean, they've they've come out. I feel like that was the, that's the theme of the Michigan collective is like bring guys back for you know their senior year or whatever it's, whatever it is. Is that right?
2: Right, and I think they will, and I think they'll come back, and I think you know they their roster won't have the same drastic turnover because again, Sharon is tangent to Jim Harbaugh, maybe not the same, but it's not like Alabama went from Nick Saban to. A guy from the West Coast that a lot of those guys probably hadn't heard of, to mm-hmm. be quite honest with you. Uh, Sharon's been in that log room. Saul Zach Zinter tweeted something like, just there doesn't even need to be interviews, just bring Papa Moore home or, or something like that. And uh <laughs> yeah, I think they could do that and, and there won't be much turnover. But the, the challenges, however, will be many for Sharon Moore in, in Michigan in year one.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Because first, got those stupid NCAA sanctions hanging over them. That's going to be a distraction to a certain extent. This team proved to be undistractable, if that's a word. But uh, who knows about next year's team? Every team is different, uh, different leadership. They're losing a lot of veteran guys. So that'll be a distraction right off the bat. And then you're also dealing with a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator, and a first-year head coach. And it's nice he got his feet wet this year making the big decisions, because as we've seen, Marcus Freeman is an example. These young guys, they learn on the job, they make mistakes early, and then hopefully even Kirby, they figure it out. Um, But there could be some growing pains in that department too. Uh, Fortunately for Michigan, usually they have not had too many games over the past few years where it was coming down to a certain play, a certain decision, a certain execution because they've – Played from ahead so often, they've been so disciplined and they never beat themselves and that kind of thing. So um, we'll see. Uh, let me close before we get back to the the trivia question. Uh, I want to ask you the same question, kind of what we had with Saban and Alabama, and you wrote about it at SportingNews.com. You know, can Alabama is Alabama just a top five job no matter who's the coach? And, and we're about to find out is Michigan a top five job no matter who's the coach or was it Harbaugh lifting a top 15 program into the top five, into the national championship?
2: I think they're a top 10. I don't know if I would go top five. I think they're a top 10 program with the right guy all the time, you know, and they were this, you know, I talked to John, John you bacon about this once and you know, he's a really good friend and we've had these discussions about Michigan football and you he just, the way he put it, and I don't have the exact phrasing, unfortunately, We were talking, this program that's just built on stability through Bo Schimbeckler from like 1969 on. You know, they didn't win national championships, but they were always in the Big Ten championship hunt. The Ohio State rivalry, there is not a better, and there's not a better rivalry in college football. There just isn't. There's not. There's not. Like, Iron Bowl, nice try. Uh, Army, Navy, yeah, it's great. Oklahoma, Texas, great. None of those are Ohio State, Michigan, and none of them are close. <laughs> Notre Dame USC okay that's good not Ohio State Michigan there's just there's not there's not a rivalry that moves the needle like Ohio State Michigan there's not and not since 1969 at least it's not even close um so the the thing is they they find they find ways to embarrass themselves larger than anybody else and some of the heartbreaking losses like we all know where we were when Cordell Stewart threw the Hail Mary or when they lost to App State or when you know, you'll know, you'll remember Connor Stallion's name forever. Like they just figure out ways to do that. But yet the program and and the stability and the tradition, all of those things are second to none. I think they're a top 10 program at max value. I think one of the things I've also said is they'll have one team a decade that's good enough to win it all. You know, 97, 2006, 2016, this year, maybe even last year. So they've had a couple more with Harbaugh. They've had about six or seven. It's not like Ohio State where it's every year. We did that stat in the podcast yesterday where Ohio State's lost four Big Ten games one time this century. Um, So, But I would still say top ten, and and that list is pretty typical, right? Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Michigan, about the same. Driscoll will disagree with me, but, I mean, they're about the same in my book. And then you get into like Florida state and some others. But if there was a super league with the top (laughs) 10 in a division, they said, this is the big 10 of college football. And these are the 10 schools Michigan's in that conference.
1: Yeah. Their last two hires before Harbaugh, obviously they missed and neither of those guys ever finished in the top 10 and often didn't finish in the top 25 uh, in Brady Hoke and Rich Rodriguez. So you do have to find the right guy, but if you do like they had with, Lloyd Carr was in the top ten very often, and of course Gary Moeller was in the top ten. And and back to Bo again, and now Harbaugh got his team. Took a little while. Uh, he only he he only had one top ten season before their final three three years, but uh, he has them solidly, obviously on top of the college football world. I, I think three
2: years they'll build a statue of him and they'll put it next to Beckler on Mm Jim Beckler Hall someday. They will, because, I I mean, player, coach, all those things, what he did for the program, um, and they won't care about the sign-stealing in-person scandal. And I don't really think they'll care if they get punished. You know, ask a USC fan if Pete Carroll today said, I want to come back to college football, and I want to coach USC. They would probably take him. I don't know if the NCAA would allow it. Right. I don't know if Lincoln Riley would like it. They said, <laughs> I'm coming back, and Lincoln Riley's cu- calling the plays for me. They, USC they might, fans would take that. Yes. I think they would take that all day long.
1: Let's get Will Farrell on the line. We'll ask him yeah. if he would want to do that. So, All right, let's go back to the trivia question. Washington and Michigan are set to play next October. When's the last time we had a rematch of the national championship game the following season?
2: It's one or the other, right? So I I think LSU-Alabama will be the easy answer. I'm going to
1: go there. It is the easy answer, and you got it. 2012, Alabama beat LSU 21-17, the year after beating LSU for the National I thought it it might
2: be Georgia-Alabama, though. That's why I was like stress right them. like maybe yeah. they played maybe they didn't they uh, didn't
1: they did not have a regular season matchup uh after they played for the national championship so there you go all right well very good so we have talked harbaugh harbaugh uh, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting and uh, there we go i thought it was a good show good program uh and we will uh be back sometime next week to continue with uh possibly uh the new coach at michigan we'll break him down see what he has to say, and see. If Michigan can stay right where they are, top of the Big Ten, top of the national, uh, top of the country, really. So, uh, anyway, thank you to everyone for listening to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football information. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we will see you soon.